You are listening to From the Dome to Your Home podcast, the Municipal Association's weekly look at legislative action and issues facing cities and towns around the state. I'm your host, Casey Fields. Well, we had so much fun last week that we're back again. Ladies, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Casey. It has been quite a week at the State House and really continuing on as we mm-hmm. record this podcast um, with the House and Senate in regular session on the floor. The Senate has continued this week debating the education savings accounts, um, and the House has had some floor action, but most of their work has been in subcommittee and committee. Um, speaking of that, Erica is going to touch on two big issues, both of them uh, advocacy initiatives mm-hmm. for 2023-2024. Um, and she's going to talk about two of those big issues that I know everybody is uh, following pretty closely. Um, the fentanyl trafficking legislation and squat trucks. So Erica, take it away with fentanyl. Let's let's talk about fentanyl first. Yes, good choice. Uh, just because it's still happening as we speak. Yes. So when we say fentanyl, we are talking about harsher penalties for the trafficking of fentanyl. This was something as Casey, you identified or you just said was identified by our board as a priority for the municipal association. Right. And so we got to work with our law enforcement partners letting them know that, hey, we're with you in this. And as they share, this is not a law enforcement issue. This is a community issue. And so what we're looking at are bills, one bill in the House and then multiple bills in the Senate. All of those are now in subcommittee. This morning, we had a subcommittee hearing on House Bill 3503, which imposes strict penalties on the trafficking of fentanyl, uh, makes that a violent crime. And it goes into sentencing, depending on how many grams someone has of fentanyl. And that was a debate that several of the members of the subcommittee were having. Right. About, you know, what, how, really, how much does each pill weigh and what does constitute trafficking, I guess. Right. And, yeah, and or at, possession. And at what point do we, does the law trigger into effect? Mm-hmm. And that was something that SLED was able to identify. At this point, you're now getting into an area where it's, uh, lethal to have. Mm-hmm. And these are very low doses that yes. we're talking about. Yes. I will say that we were unable to get a favorable report from this morning's House subcommittee simply because of the amount of people that came to testify right. in support of the bill. There were people with photos of loved ones that they lost. It, it was very, it, it was very, very tragic to yes. watch. We did testify in support. And let me just say this. I saw the testimony <laughs> And it was a mic drop moment by Erica Wright. Thank you. Um, Thank you. She got up there, and you just have to give me a minute because I'm going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, Erica got up there. She was the first one to testify, and she um, told everybody in the room that the Municipal Association was there representing mayors and council members and that they had a problem in their communities yeah. and that we had to have some help and they had to have some help because they wanted to take care of their residents. And even so much that the sponsor of the bill afterwards came up That's to right. you and um, Representative Gillum, I believe. He did. Mm-hmm. He came and thanked us for being a part and asked us, which we, of course, will, to stay engaged even as this goes over to the Senate. Right. And we, of course, will. I even got a, a text message from two of the subcommittee members, Representative Spencer Wetmore, saying, great job, Robbie Robbins, great job. Wonderful. And so it's nice 
ways for us to show that we're a part of this looking for a solution to keep our cities Absolutely. and towns safe. So Representative Johnson, um, Jeff Johnson, was the subcommittee chair. Yes, right. Um, right. And he decided because there were so many people there to testify mm-hmm. that he would carry the bill over or not take any action on the bill right. until he had another subcommittee meeting so everybody would get a chance. Right. And that's simply because we ran out of time. Yeah. The subcommittee yeah. we convened at nine, the house went in at 10 mm-hmm. and the same thing happened on the Senate side in that subcommittee right. that we literally ran from the house building underground to the Senate right. building, <laughs> did it all over again at 10 o'clock. But the Senate going in at 11 mm-hmm. ran out of time. Now what a uh, chairman Hutto who mm-hmm. chaired that subcommittee did was say, Hey, let's break. Let's go ahead and just meet in the Senate conference room mm-hmm. in the state house. Right. And we'll pick this up. And that's what's happening as we speak. As we're re- recording this podcast, there are loved ones who are testifying in support mm-hmm. of legislation on the books that will allow for, um, that will penalize the trafficking of fentanyl. And so as of today, we don't have an outlook on what will pass or what will not. It's just testimony at this point. So, and Erica, in the House Judiciary Criminal Laws Subcommittee, there was one fentanyl bill, right? One. It was um, 3503. That's right. And then in the Senate. Multiple. Right. Talk a little bit about, the. there were four, I think, that they were looking at. There were four, including one that was introduced by the Senate President, Mm -hmm. uh, Chairman, uh, President Alexander. That one is a little different. The other three are very similar to what the House sub had or is taking up right now. Right. And that's stricter penalties. It looks at based on how many uh, grams you have, Mm -hmm. what that particular uh, penalty will be. Mm -hmm. And so there's like, I think the first four, four to... I think it's 14 ounces. Don't quote me on this. It could be anywhere from seven to 25 years Mm -hmm. spelled out in law. There's some mandatory minimums in Mm -hmm. there as well. But what Senate Bill 1 does, and that was introduced by President Alexander, that looks at homicide by fentanyl. Okay. And so that's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So let's say Billy gives Bob fentanyl. Bob passes away. But that fentanyl can be traced back to Billy. Billy can now be charged with homicide by fentanyl. And that will be a new law on the books. Okay. So that has yet to be taken up. We're still in testimony period now. Okay. Um, But we'll stay engaged with this. I did talk to our law enforcement partners. They helped to author Doug Gillum's bill over in the House. 3503. 3503. um, And, of course, we testified in favor of that. We would have testified over on the Senate side, but just ran out of time. Right. Right. Um, they are not opposed to what uh, President Alexander will do. I mm-hmm. think at this point, it's what can get passed as opposed to what will cause friction right. in the Senate. Right. And I think I heard um, Representative Johnson, Subcommittee Chair Johnson, say that there is an appetite for this. I mean, there is. this is something that everybody wants to do. Is and that it, what the same feeling you get? That's right. And a lot of this is is tailored to what's on the books for heroin anyway. Okay. There are already mandatory minimums assigned to heroin, the trafficking of heroin. And so they wanted to make it as close as possible to that to kind of minimize what kind of Mm -hmm. pushback they would get. Mm -hmm. Uh, Still unclear. Uh, Their appetite's there. We know that. But now that we're getting into the weeds from from some who practice law, it's just a different ball game. So Mm -hmm. we're staying engaged, but we do anticipate movement on these um, fairly, fairly soon. Okay. Great. Um, so now I want to move on to the squat truck bill, the um, 
the Senate Bill 363, yes. um, introduced by Senator Rankin from right. Horry County. Talk a little bit about that. The full Senate Transportation Committee chaired by Senator Grooms from Berkeley, mm-hmm. um, from Bono, um, he chaired that committee and they passed the bill out. They did. That was quick, actually. Right. And so... If our listeners are listening and say, well, this sounds familiar, you are right. Squat trucks was an issue that we took up and we testified in favor of last session. And it was going well and then got bogged down with some other legislation. So here we are trying it again. And this bill passed favorably out of full committee, which means the next stop will be on Senate floor. Mm -hmm. Timing on that, we're not sure. There's some things on special order right right now in the Senate. But just to remind our listeners what that does is it makes it illegal for a truck to be raised more than four inches Mm -hmm. uh, or four inches higher than the rear of the Mm -hmm. truck. That's a hazard. That's an issue to where if you're jacked up riding in your truck, you cannot see what's below you, be that another vehicle, be that a pedestrian. Mm -hmm. And so a huge shout out to the city of Myrtle Beach who brought this to our attention last session. They were there in full force yesterday in in full committee. That's right. Chief, um, the Myrtle Beach Police Chief, Amy Prock, yes. and the City of North Myrtle Beach Police Police Chief, newly sworn in, Dana Crowell, I think is her name. Um, yeah. Talk about woman power. Hello. And uh, the City of Myrtle Beach uh, authored a letter to the full committee. Uh, I was there today in uh, the fentanyl subcommittee hearings with the uh, Myrtle Beach Police Department, many Mm -hmm. of those officers as well. And so it was nice to just stand in solidarity. That's right. Really happy to see squat trucks. There are some that call it squatty trucks, which is always funny to hear. Right. Or the Carolina squat. Or the Carolina squat. That's right. And uh, to stand with our law enforcement partners in this as well. Mm -hmm. So um, as long as we can keep it clean, Right. From what happened last year right. with no other legislation. Yes. Correct. Getting tacked onto this. I see it has a clear, pa- a clear way forward to, right. to passing. So um, two agenda items or priority items for the municipal association and sub in full and headed to uh, on the floor. So excited Mo- about moving that. early, moving early, moving which, early and quick. That's how we like it. Good news. And I'm going to believe that we're <laughs> they're going to continue. Yeah, that's exactly move. right. Yes. All right, Erica, one last thing. Sure. Literally like 10 minutes ago, the House approved the ARP, the American yes. Rescue Plan Joint Resolution. Yes. Um, there were uh, some fireworks over some amendments. Yes. Um, there were eight amendments <clears throat> introduced by generally the same people just trying to change some things about the resolution. That's right. Um, but they were all but one were tabled um, and they passed the resolution to go over to the Senate to, um, to approve the disbursement of the rest of the state funding. That's right. The federal funding to the state. That's right. And the good news is, although there were many amendments that were brought forward, what we shared on this podcast last week mm-hmm. still holds true. That remaining $586.6 million is still allocated to the Rural Infrastructure Authority yes. to um, take up those applications that were not funded through the SKIP program. I was actually in the lobby with Bonnie Ammons with the Rural Infrastructure Authority, and she is glued right. to the television sure. screen. I'm like, it's okay. We're going to get through this. And so I think she's, she's breathed this high relief. Uh, Representative Cobb Hunter came out to make sure we were okay. Good. But um, the good news is that the money is still intact for cities and towns to get those applications funded. Perfect. And the only that money 
only applies if you have already submitted an application, right. correct? Okay, that's just right. to repeat, I know we said that last week, yeah. but I just want to make sure everybody knows. That's right. They will not reopen those applications, but there is now money to fund more, um, which is good news um, for water sewer projects in cities and towns. And as with previous ARP questions, you can always call Erica. Always call me. <laughs> we're uh, just a quick plug. We're coming up on the reporting deadline for Metro Cities and NEU. That's April 30th. So if you have any questions regarding the reporting portal, please uh, reach out and we're happy to help you. Perfect. Um, Joni. Hi. Your turn. Hi. All right. Um, Joni, let's talk first about PIBA. Everybody has a lot of questions about Public Employee Benefit Authority when it comes to health insurance and retirement. Yeah. Um, you were, you are our person that covers the budget and you were in the subcommittee hearing where Peggy Boykin, the director of PIBA, gave her presentation. Give us a little quick synopsis about what she said and what we can expect. Okay. And I'll also tell the listeners, if you go on to scstatehouse.gov and go to House Ways and Means and uh-huh. pull up budget, and yesterday's date, you can pull up her entire presentation. Oh, so you can so look you can, at her you PowerPoint. Can, you can, Perfect. and it is actually it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking pictures of it, and then I realized I could myself pull it up. Right. So I, I think sometimes Joni, they'll archive they the will. presentation, so you could also watch her presentation as well. I think they they do absolutely, and and she did a great job yesterday. But I will tell you. Um, I get this question all the time because we talk about it a lot. Right. The 1% towards retirement that we all have to do the addition, the additional right. 1%. And right. it is supposed to end this year. And Peggy announced yesterday that guess what? This is the last year. Fantastic. So we can say this is the last year that you will have to put in your budget for that extra 1%. The state will put that other 1% for you because it's a 2%. And we have met our goal. Um, we wanted to be uh, 30 years. It wanted to mm-hmm. to be in a good place. And it looks like we've done that in 17 years. So Amazing. that is why we That's get to end news. this year. So it's a good note. Um, so when you're planning your budget, this is the last year until they tell us in five right. years that we have to do this <laughs> have again. To do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then another thing, they talked about health care. Ms. Boykin did a great job explaining what happened with the 18.1% increase dun, 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 last year that we are all now seeing as of January of this year. So I'm going to clarify some things. So the state budget is a fiscal budget. And the PIBA, when they do their rates, it is on a cl- calendar year. Okay, so we're the June or July 1 July to 1. June 30. The That's state correct. is. And then PIBA is on January to December 31st. Okay. So, and I say that all to say last year, there was a huge line item, $96 million in the state budget to pay for the state employees at 18.1%. Okay. But that only covered six months worth because again, fiscal year versus calendar year. Right. So this year in the state budget, you'll see another huge line item to pay that remaining six month and an increase that we're going to see this year. And I said those words, I know, and everyone just like dropped or slammed on the brakes and we're like, no, not another increase. I can tell you it's not an 18.1% increase. Well, that's good. It's a normal increase. We don't know exactly that figure yet um, because the governor put in his budget that he would like to see an additional well visit, gynecological visit for, for women. Okay. And that will cost money. Right. To have that fully right. covered. Um, but thank, it looks Thank like, you, Governor McMaster. Thank you, Governor McMaster. Um, and based on the recommendations that PIBA gave yesterday, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I think usually she suggested that they go with that. Right. I have a good feeling that they're going to that go. That'll be included. That will be included. So if that's included, that's a good thing. that'll be another percentage. So you're, you're looking, 
you know, maybe twenty more dollars per participant, twenty five mm-hmm. more dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will have a better understanding once it goes to full committee, and we can give you an exact number. Again, it will not be eighteen point one percent. And I will go back and explain why it was eighteen point one percent. We did not have an increase for four years. And so they just grouped it all into they one big They grouped it all chunk. into one chunk. And then we had that, that weird thing called the pandemic happen. Right, exactly. And we were paying out all those hospital bills and mm-hmm. everything. So people kind of got in the rears a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we had to increase the premiums to, to help pay for those outgoing benefits. Okay. Um, so that's that's where we were. This is where we are. Um, it is not going to be 18.1%. Do not feel like you have don't to lay, panic. Don't okay. lay people off. It's, it's going to be okay. Um, every... Health insurance provider right now is seeing increases. You see increases. Mm-hmm. This is why you have a cost of living raise because everything's going up. It's right. called inflation. Yes, exactly. So, um, Joni, a little bit of breaking news. There was a bill introduced yeah. today, Thursday, right? Or yesterday? Yesterday. Um, on Wednesday by Representative Brandon Newton from the Lancaster area on municipal elections. Yeah. Give us, it was House Bill 3734, if you want to look that up. Um, give us a little overview of that bill. Yeah, and y'all may recognize Representative Newton's name. He was, we talked about him in the last podcast because he was one of the subcommittee chairmen for the constitutional sub That's that, right. that we That's testified right. before for the local government. His fund. first time on Ways and Means, is that correct? Yeah, yes. Okay. So right. um, he's actually very, very pleasant to work with. He came, he approached us before he dropped this piece of legislation yesterday. Um, and, and Erica and Scott and I and Casey, we all love to say we love to be a part of the conversation. Yes. Especially when we are the conversation, right, yeah, when it exactly. involves us. It's about us. Um, we like think, to be at the table. Exactly. Uh, Erica said this at one of our presentations. We like to be at the table, not on the table. Right. Um, and we especially <laughs> like to be at the table when we are on the table. Right. So, right. If, you're uh, not, if you're not at the table, it means you're on the menu. You're right. on the menu. That's right. That's, That's, right. Right. That's right. So um, <laughs> this, as you may recall, too, last year we had several municipal election law mm-hmm. um, bills that were introduced, and they had committee hearings and they were tacked on and stripped down and, and nothing happened. But this one is going to change municipal election laws for odd years. And it offers three dates, a date in March, July and November. So they're going to they're going to wipe out all of municipal election dates. The bill will. The bill will. And only offer three times. Three times. So a city would have to choose, they can choose. what date they want to to use to hold their election. That is correct. OK. And there's other some other pieces of legislation in there that says you know the um commission has to help a municipality the municipal election commission that that asks for the help mm-hmm. um now you have to compensate them or they can offer this free of service which some do right now right but and then there's a, another language that says you have to all use the same machines well if you're going to require that we use the same machines then we have to have the access those yeah exactly so that's why that's in there um and then scott and i worked with representative newton and he was very very amenable to adding this in there that we've had some issues with cities who have changed their dates in Mm -hmm. the past and erica you you were in this conversation as well um there was a great example where one city changed from one date to another and what happened was it added on to the term Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe eight, was it eight by 18 months or something? The, a total term. It was a long time. So this legislation says, if this passes and you choose one of the three dates, mm-hmm. the current people who are serving, the elected officials, they cannot serve past their term. So you have to choose a date that happens before the term expires. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll see. Um, he is, he's very excited about moving this forward only because he, he doesn't want 
other consequences to happen should he not move this forward. And this was um, introduced and referred to the House Judiciary Judiciary. Committee, and there is an election law subcommittee. Yes. So it will go there, and we will let you know when it will be up in subcommittee. Mm -hmm. So if you would like to be a part of the conversation, if you would like to offer some appetizers for the meal, Mm -hmm. um, you can... Give um, us a call, give Joni a call, Erica a call, Scott a call, and let everybody know what you think and any kind of feedback that you have. Um, Ladies. Oh, oh, sorry, Casey. I I forgot to say this, and I don't want Scott to... To, to kill me for not saying this. <laughs> in 2017, we polled all of our members mm-hmm. to ask, hey guys, how do you feel if we did something very similar to this? And at the time, I believe it was just one date. No one said anything. This is offering three different dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want you guys to think we're springing this on you. Um, this is a conversation that has been ongoing. Right, so, uh, for several years. Several years. So um, with that, please do not hesitate though to reach out to us. If you didn't in 2017, feel free to do it now. We need to know that way we can have these conversations with house members and senators. Um, Y'all today in the house, there were, and I don't want to go into great detail, but it was definitely a different um, look and feel. Um, There's definitely some tension in between um, the, the different caucuses. There are, there were some arguments being had. Um, So it it was definitely different um, than I've seen it in my career. Would y'all agree with me? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I would share again, without going into detail, we, I think Casey, you and Scott kicked off this podcast season talking about different things that can affect legislation that have nothing to do with legislation. And so as we're watching this, there is some concern that as we're pushing uh, legislation and ideas that will help our members help cities and towns, there are other things that we have to contend with that have nothing to do with us Correct. that affect our ability to get things going and get things moving. And so it's just something to to keep our eyes on as we traverse this session. That's right. It's a it's another hurdle, I guess, that we're yes. going to have to kind of um, to, an to work through. Hurdle. Yeah, it's an ongoing yeah. hurdle. And it's not, you know, it's not just us. Everybody has to deal with it. Right. And also everybody in the house it's mostly in the house it's not so much in the senate but in the house of representatives they're trying to work through it too because it's that's one of those things that's never happened before so you know we're all working through it and like erica said we what we want to do is push the good legislation um that helps our cities and towns that gives them more tools in the toolbox that gives um cities the ability to govern and provide for um their residents. And so that's really what we're working toward. Um, you can count on us to give you an update. Hopefully next week, we'll welcome back Scott into the conversation. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. So tune in next week for more, um, updates, maybe some drama and some good successful, um, bill movement as we continue on in the 125th general assembly. Be sure to follow the Municipal Association's podcasts on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find the latest from the Municipal Association on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Association's website, masc.sc.